We are live. Um, good morning out there in podcast land. Uh, we have a uh, very special treat for you today here on the Higher Education Leadership Foundation's podcast, aptly uh, titled Four Thoughts of Our Founders. <laughs> Four Thoughts of Our Founders. So we've got a great day uh, in store for you. We are podcasting from Atlanta, Georgia at the United Negro College Fund's uh, CPI convening. And uh, thought it not robbery to take advantage of some of this fine human capital down here that is uh, traversing the space. Uh, and we were able to nab someone on our wish list that we finally got a chance to holla at. Um, so I want you to welcome Dr. Colette Pierce Brunette, I'm president so happy to be here. Yes, of Houston Tilston University. Hey, sister. Hello, my brother, president. How are you? I'm doing really well. Good. In the ATL. In the ATL. No, I rhymed. I'm like on the podcast rhyming. Well, you are dope. Oh, wow. You are dope. I wish you all could see. She's uh, she is a sneakerhead uh, for for the record, and we'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, but she's a sneakerhead, and I wish you could see the sneakers that she has on today. They're really, <laughs> really uh, fitting. Um, so we're we're with our wingman as always. Uh, Great Deeds is here. The extraordinary. Um, multi-talented, multi-faceted engineer um, and everything else. I'll just say engineer et al. Et al. It's magnificent. Yeah, that's what he is. So today we're going to have a conversation and get to know one of the um, sisters in the 37. Uh, the 37 we called the United Negro College Fund presidency uh, member presidents. There are 37 institutions uh, and she's one of the 37, but we want to talk uh, about who she is, how she came to the presidency, some nuggets, and then we're going to talk about all of the extraordinary things that are going on at Houston Tillerson. So welcome, and why don't you uh, take a little, uh, you know, a couple minutes to just introduce yourself to the folks. Well, Tell us who you. you is. Thank you, my brother. First of all, I think it's really fitting that we're doing this podcast uh, at this convening because it's sponsored by UNCS Institutional Capacity Building. That's right. And health is a part of Institutional Capacity Building Thank in you. a very big way. Mm -hmm. So it's very apropos that you're doing this podcast and capturing members of the village, members of the tribe during that time because we all need to remember that it's all of our responsibility Absolutely. to build capacity at our institutions. That's right. So today is my anniversary. Um, today I am celebrating my fourth year at Houston Tillerson University. Wow. I'm entering into my fifth year. Yeah. yeah, that's like, hey, clap me up, <laughs> clap it up. Um, and it's been a really phenomenal ride for me as president of Houston Tillerson. I spent 15, 14 years, almost 15, at Central State University, mm -hmm. um, work I'm very, very proud of under the John Garland administration. The Marauders, the right? The Marauders, the mm -hmm. Fighting Marauders, and now I'm a, a, a Ram. Uh, and I entered into higher education with a non-circuitous path. I'm an engineer by training and had a corporate um, life after coming out of Ohio State in 1980 as an engineer. and I spent the next 15 years of my career as an engineer in different corporations from the Washington Post to Procter & Gamble, et cetera, but never found great deep passion and satisfaction in my career. It was more jobs than career building. So this is a very true story. I'm married to a Morehouse graduate, my husband, Daryl Burnett, and we he's an um, He's is a dedicated alumni. Yeah, uh, it's just it, it's instilled in them. Mm -hmm. So we spent a lot of time um, at Morehouse College beyond homecomings, but commencements, different convenings, etc. And I began to really experience the magic of all of these highly educated black people committed to educating our young and began to really look into it and uh, had an opportunity to join Central State University at a moment when it was in crisis as a member of a new administration. Mm -hmm. so I'm very pleased. Tell me a little bit about, um, I know we, we know that um, The Ohio State University, you are a true Buckeye mm -hmm. girl, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, 
tell me a little bit about um, your formal education. Mm-hmm. Um, we always um, begrudgingly talk about our um, credentials and that of others because um, we're in a space where people, unfortunately, right. want to be you credentialed. Know, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. We're, so, we're, so we always like to slap that in people's face right. real quick, get that over right. with, and then get on about the business. Right. So let's let's let them know why you are the president. Right. I want to say something specifically about Ohio State. Uh, I came out of high school at a time where being a black female and I'm putting quotation air quotes around good in math, I'm very good in math, the only option for you was to be an engineer. And mm-hmm. Ohio State was heavily recruiting black and, and women to be um, engineering students. So mm-hmm. that's how I got to Ohio State. Mm-hmm. I'm first generation, so I don't know who filled out my FAFSA. <laughs> I don't know if I went to a new student orientation. My father and my mother um, scraped their pennies together. Mm-hmm. And I thought the college, and this is a very true story, I thought that it was the 13th grade. Um, coming out of John F. Kennedy High School, and I'm very proud of my public education. Wow. That's something I think I should add to my resume, to my vita, is that my my public education in a predominantly black high school in urban Cleveland really um, prepared me to move into where where I was going in a very big way. So at that time, it was still 10 times better than. Oh, gosh, yes thrown down yes. your your throat yes right and that was it was serious they were they were serious about that they were serious mm-hmm. um in fact my my um reunions my high school reunions we have judges teachers mm. i'm a college president a very successful cohort of students mm-hmm. because it was poured into us that you could do anything you want to do and when i got to ohio state i had a very memorable occasion because i remember walking into my freshman chemistry class and the only thing I recognized in that room was the elements chart on the wall mm-hmm. and the beakers. Because my high school didn't have the kind of resources that, uh, that Ohio State was offering as a freshman. Right. So I was instantly at a disadvantage when it comes to exposure and the resources. Mm-hmm. But what I didn't have was an attitude that I couldn't do it. Mm. And that's invaluable. And for yeah. me, that was even more so valuable than if I was familiar with the with the equipment, if you will, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and but did not have the heart to pursue. That's and the that's foundation. That's what we have as people. That's it's right. a grit and resilience, and yeah. that was just instilled in me, just naturally. I, I thought it was a 13th grade. I had to get to college to know that that was an option for me because my parents wow. were. My dad's from Mississippi, sixth grade education. My mother, high school degree from Cleveland, Ohio. Mm. So that just wasn't um, college. wasn't in their um, their experience. And yes. I think that's also a reason I'm so committed to the Black College mission because as I researched it even more and more, my father, who's the smartest man that I know, mm-hmm. Colin Pierce, who lives in Arkansas now, um, from Mississippi, part of the Great Migration from the South to the North, if he had had the opportunity to go to college, his life would have taken a God very different what. path. Yeah, and that's what HBCUs were doing for people. So that's something we need to, and we're still doing it for yeah. people. So I, I think that's really important. But I also love your deference to Kennedy High School. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure there were faculty and administrators mm-hmm. there that... HBCU graduates, <laughs> teachers. That would not allow you to be mm-hmm. mediocre. Mm-hmm. No. They had a very high standard. Mm-hmm. Um, and our young people rise to that occasion. They do. Even even today. Even today, we um, uh, I'm, I'm getting off track, and I apologize. No, but it's okay. We uh, had our students have what they call the Rammies, and they have Rammy Awards, oh, like the um, and they give it to the best of. Mm-hmm. So they had a best faculty, and one of the faculty on our campus, a biology professor, Amanda, Dr. Amanda Messino, she's known as being a hard faculty member. Mm-hmm. What students prefer to is hard. And she won for the best faculty. Yeah. Even though students, you know, say, don't take her class, she's hard, she's going to demand a lot of you. But they voted her as the best, which is an indication Mm. that young people really are striving for someone to push them to their levels, to the level of excellence. I mean, that that makes a statement. Absolutely. That's who they they know you have my best interest at heart. I think at the core of who we are Mm -hmm. as individuals we all want challenge Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm, we all want mm -hmm, discipline mm -hmm. we all want to know that someone has an expectation Mm -hmm. 
maybe even greater than we have mm-hmm. on ourselves. We, we, we want that. And that's why people respond to it mm-hmm. because it's, it, you know, it's just internal. It's mm-hmm. it people is. don't walk it's around. Intrinsic, and, right? Yeah. It's intrinsic right, all day long. Right, right. So Kennedy uh, um, high school. And, um, Ohio state had a woman, her name is Minnie McGee. And she, I believe is an Albany state graduate. Um, um, first, it was her first job out of college and Ohio State hired her to grow their minority engineering program. So she brought her black college experience being a Southern girl and built her own little small dynamics of an HBCU. I can say that now in hindsight because mm-hmm. we, we learn backwards and we live forward. Mm-hmm. So when, when I'm reflective and I'm learning backwards about my life, mm-hmm. I think back about that. Yeah. Um, she was doing intrusive advising. She was doing um, nurturing us. Mm. She knew us by name, and there was a cadre of about twenty of us. And she really wrapped a us up. We had a cohort, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and she had that model of okay. the cohort. Now I know now that mm-hmm. was a science, yeah. um, and she was hired to do that. So, and my success at Ohio State is truly um, a part of Minnie McGee's what she did. So I left Ohio State, and I got a master's from Georgia College in Milledgeville, Georgia, because my husband's military, so we started traveling around. We were stationed in Warner Robins, Georgia, mm-hmm. 90 miles south from here. Mm-hmm. Um, we used to come up here to Atlanta, and people would say, when you all going back to Georgia? Because um, we were in Warner Robins, like Atlantis. They were like, when you all going back to Georgia? Because we would come up here for our big city the fix. The big city. Um, so I got my master's there while working there on the base there at Robins Air Force Base. And um, started my career uh, with a master's in business, um, master's of science and administration. It was an MBA for engineering, for techies. Mm-hmm. Now we call it STEM. Mm-hmm. That time was not, it was um, technology was not really a thing, a word, a term. So, because uh, the dinosaurs, Greg, were walking around back then. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> um, I ended up making a career transition into Central State. And after serving there for 14 years, when John Garland announced his retirement, in my soul of souls, that's the job that I just knew I would have next is to be the president mm. of Central State University. Right there. That was my like my dream. And I think I never voiced it out loud, but I knew in my soul, mm-hmm. I could see when the president would retire that I could potentially serve Central State yeah. as its president. Because I, I love Central State. I mean, mm-hmm. I, 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 I- To just, this I day you do. To this moment. I know, I know I do, you do. I do. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I didn't have the doctorate. So as my son put it, um, I had the street cred, Mm. but I didn't have the credentials. So I felt punched in the stomach because something that I love so deeply, it was the first time in my life actually that I was not qualified for a position that I wanted. I didn't have the right credentials. Mm. So I made. I'm glad you said that. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's a a distinction um, because you were clearly qualified, but but you didn't didn't have have the the right credentials. didn't have the right paper mm-hmm. papers so uh i went to valley and just kind of said what am i doing i'm just gonna go back and be corporate uh we had great successes at central state university and there was still a lot of still a lot of work to do but as all of our schools have and not just hbcus all sectors of higher education mm-hmm. we all have a lot of work mm-hmm. to do so my dear sister who just says it like it is, one day said, you need to stop your pity party because I had been talking about getting my doctorate for a very long time and Mm -hmm. never took the time out to do it. Mm -hmm. And in fact, um, we had been stationed in Turkey for two years and we came back, we went back to Washington State and I applied at the University of Washington to get into their doctorate in business program. Mm -hmm. And I was rejected and I couldn't understand why I was rejected, so I challenged it. This was the, ni- the early 90s. I challenged it, now I know the system. I ended up working my way all the way up to like the dean of admissions. And it was a brother, and he closed the door, and he told me, he said, publicly they told me that I was um, rejected because I got a C in a statistics class when I was a sophomore at Ohio State. Mm. So they, that was the public response to mm-hmm. me, that I had that C, one C. Um, in a statistics class so I was not qualified in an undergraduate course, an engineering statistics class, to be a, a member of a, the, the, a, a, at University of Washington. So he closed the door, and you know you have those 
moments in your life that you remember forever. You can remember what it smelled like, what it looked like, what everything. Liminal moments. Exactly, like, mm-hmm. like a moment that's seared mm-hmm. into your memory. Mm-hmm. He said, um, you wrote in your um, st- statement, your mission statement, that you wanted to bridge, and this is this. These are words now, but at that time it was a vision of mine to mm-hmm. bridge the gap between communities of color when it comes to access to technology. Because when I was over in Turkey, um, that's when the internet first grew up, blew up. My mm-hmm. family, our families used to send us videos, mm-hmm. and at the very bottom they would start having um, webmail address. I mean websites. So we watched the evolution of the internet grow grow mm-hmm. but in my own family my own communities they were they didn't have access so yeah. I felt like we were being left behind, left behind. at that time yeah because you remember the the the, um, the the time frame so I wanted to study that and I wanted to have some impact and he said that's not something that the University of Washington is interested in mm-hmm. so my advice is to go take a class in statistics get a good grade and I will see to it that you get in but I'm like I don't. I don't even want to be a member of University of Washington. Um, like I don't even want to be in that stratosphere. So mm-hmm. I rebelled. I felt rejection. So I closed that window in my life for a while. For a while. Mm-hmm. And I tell my students all the time, um, your choices really dictate where you go. And we all learn, learn backwards. Like I said earlier, hindsight is twenty twenty. So I froze something as a result of an institution doing something to me that I perceived was going to dictate the rest of my life. And they had no right to. Exactly. But I gave them that authority to steal my, like a dream thief. Mm -hmm. Um, So shut that window, you know, threw myself back into my corporate life and did really well Mm -hmm. and ended up, you know, climbing the ladder, climbing the ladder and made the transition to higher education. Now climbing the ladder, climbing the ladder. And um, there's a ceiling. And, and there's the ceiling. Mm-hmm. And it's real. Yeah. So had the street cred, mm-hmm. but didn't have the credentials. So my sister said, stop your pity party. Either you do it or you don't. Mm-hmm. And I, in that moment, I thought, you know what? Why not? So I went to a coffee shop on a Saturday morning with my computer, and I applied to three places, University of Pennsylvania, my alma mater, Ohio State University, and Morgan State, because Morgan mm-hmm. State had um, a program for community colleges. Yeah. Um, and I got into all three. Mm-hmm. I chose the University of Pennsylvania because it was a cohort model, mm-hmm. and I, I'm very effective in those cohort models. Mm-hmm. I like community. Um, I'm driven by community. Mm-hmm. And um, it was only two years long, um, but super intense. Quick, fast, and in a hurry. Right, mm-hmm. super, super intense. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize how intense until Nothing I got in with. there. So I chose the University of, uh, I mean, the University of Pennsylvania for that reason. And a part of the funny part of my story is I called my son, who's a Hampton graduate, but went to Columbia for graduate school. Mm-hmm. And he, I said, um, I was so excited, got in UPenn. And he said at the end of the conversation, he said, Mom, um, welcome to the club. So I said, what club? He said, oh, my God, my mother doesn't know that she's going to an Ivy League school. <laughs> because I didn't grow up professionally in the academy. Right. And what I knew was Central State. Mm-hmm. And University of Pennsylvania didn't even, and I'm not impressed by those kinds of yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, oh. And the reason I share that story is because I have seen flagship state schools, mm-hmm. medallion schools. I've experienced the Ivy League experience. I've experienced um, um, private schools, but there's nothing like the historically black college mission. Period. Period. Yeah. Um, Every sector of higher education has its pluses and its minuses, but there are more pluses, more value add to the experience, and we're not monolithic, we're not all the same, and we're not for everyone. You you know what I find um, almost, um, it's fascinating on one hand uh, and a little sad on the other is that when you make that statement, people want it to mean something more mm-hmm. than what it is. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's only saying that it's a different experience. Mm-hmm. All of them have right. 
and experienced attached to them. Right. And they all have moles and warts. They, they do. Right. They do. Right. And the moles and warts that you get at an HBCU fit my body better than the other right. ones. Exactly. That, and, and, and that's what that is. You define your fit. That's it. Right, right. I want to go back and ask you a question about your transition because as a person who mentors and um, is mentored, mm-hmm. uh, studies it, how do you or did you at any point in that time when you were thinking, oh, I don't have these credentials, were you, did you think for one second like somebody should have told me or did someone tell you that yeah. that, that meal ticket was needed? Did, yeah. did, was that? That's an excellent question. Um, I had people in my life that would tell me, you need to get your doctorate. Mm-hmm. You, you, you'll be a, you would be a good president. Mm-hmm. You should go for the presidency. Mm-hmm. So I did have pe- mentors mm-hmm. um, tell me, pre- chancellors and the president. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Garland had told me uh, many, several, several times, times okay, several good, times. Good, good. And he brought that up to me <laughs> at the <laughs> At the, at the point where it was Least clear. we forget. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> let me, let me own, pull out this book. In his own John Carlin right. way. Yeah, um, yeah. So I, and I own that. I own that. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw Charles Barkley, of all people, say a very famous quote that stuck with me where he said, do what you need to do now so you can do what you want to do later. That's it. And I wasn't doing what I needed to do to do now. I dedicated mm-hmm. my life to my, 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 my world at that time mm-hmm. and didn't carve out the time and so, I, so at the age of 55 years old, when you go back to get your doctorate, you're in a very different place in your life. And mm-hmm. I had moments of discouragement. Well, why am I doing this? I don't need to do this mm-hmm. um, career-wise. I could go back to corporate. I don't need the doctorate to, right. to continue to advance in corporate. Or I could retire. Or I could retire. Mm-hmm. Or I could just stay where I am. I mean, mm-hmm. I was a vice president um, yeah. at a school that had you know, great potential and great hope. So mm-hmm. I could just continue to toil there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wanted this something that I wanted to do. Absolutely. Um, to commit myself to be credentialed and to have on the same color uniform as my colleagues. Yeah. Um, that that's even more important because I'm already at a disadvantage. I like that. Um, in their perceived disadvantage. Mm-hmm. And I want to make sure that I'm clear about that. Just a perceived See, disadvantage yeah. because of my gender yeah. and my race. Yeah. So I don't want you to have anything else to question me about. Yeah. So I'm gonna uh, even even while I was at University of Pennsylvania, I had so many growth experiences. Um, many of my co- cohort members were at the University of Chicago, Dickinson College, NYU, mm-hmm. you know, these um, very big name schools. Yeah. So we would go to different functions, and then I'd introduce myself as I'm from Central State, and people mm-hmm. would, you could feel like the moment of less than. Yeah. But then as the conversation pursues, I'm knowing as much. If not at, more. If not more, mm-hmm. because at Central, I had the experience, I'm wearing so many hats that I can have a conversation about anything. And I tell the young people I mentor now at my own institution, you, the, you, you, can't even, you can't even fathom the way that you're building your toolkit in this environment. Toolbox. Because you are yeah. doing so many things that you're gonna be able to go out and have a conversation about anything. Your brain is a sponge. You'll be able to talk about finances, student engagement, because you've experienced it. You've actually had hands-on experience, and I cannot replace that. One of my partners, uh, Stan Elliott, who's now a president at um, Roanoke Chawan, a community college, we came, we started as administrators under the Jenkins mm-hmm. model of leadership mm-hmm. at mm-hmm. Livingstone. And he said, I'll never forget when he said, he said, man, working you know, at Livingstone, it's like dog years. <laughs> you know, one year, seven years, and it, and and it is so true because we did everything. <laughs> like there was no, the Jenkins model of leadership was trust but verify, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so Elliot may have been given a task or may have the task, but I may at some point have gotten <laughs> a phone call and had to verify what Elliot was doing as would mm-hmm. he would I. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so in that, cross-pollination came mm-hmm. in, mm-hmm. and then there were opportunities for, for me to do different things. For growth. And right. that, that's the thing that you get at HBCUs. Right. Like, right. you can go to PWI, and this is no shade against them, but Mm-mm. they are, in a lot of cases, probably top-heavy and, mm-hmm. and have resources, mm-hmm. and a lot of people doing so. Mm-hmm. 
you're going to have 10, 15 jobs oh, and yeah. responsibilities, yeah. Um, particularly as small private. Right. Someone was asking um, uh, me the other day about um, some staff in my office, and I said, I am the <laughs> office of the president. <laughs> it's like, we okay, got one of them. I got one person. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. have this regime. Oh, I do that. You know, right. right, right. You're the president. I'm yeah, I, catching I still the do chicken, that. Yeah, I'm yeah. frying the chicken, I'm cleaning up behind yeah, after yes. people leave. So, and it's just, you know, and, it, and it's very tiring work. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's very tiring work. Mm-hmm. And it's so super rewarding. But um, I, I'll bet you you answer this question the way I do. Mm-hmm. When I sat down for the presidency both times, the conversations were so simple to me mm-hmm. because there was nothing that they could talk to me about that I didn't have intimate knowledge about. Right. I, um, when I went for my interview, they call it the airport interview, where you fly in. You have one of those too? Yes. You fly in and you interview with the, the selection, the search committee, um, 20, 20, it's like almost 20 people on mm-hmm. my committee. Mm-hmm. And um, the university took the search very seriously. And I wasn't nervous. And I was trying to understand. Well, Why? actually, you know, I was practicing. This is, that's another whole story mm-hmm. because I wanted, God saw one thing for me. But I was, I wanted like a big school. I wanted like a central state, you know, yeah. I'm looking for like a football team yeah. and, you know, band and, band all this, and yeah. I'm like, you know, I'm, that's in I my want, mind. I want homecoming. I want homecoming. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, we've, and we have a phenomenal homecoming. Yeah, yeah. But in my mind, it was, so um, I was, when I went to the interview, I was not nervous. And I had attributed that in my better mind, as my mother puts it, to the fact that I was practicing for that interview. I mean, I'm practicing for the presidency, mm-hmm. for when the real opportunity is going to come up, not knowing that this was my opportunity, my real opportunity. Um, the real train was leaving the station. And I thought there's nothing that they could ask me that either I don't know something about or I don't know very well. And it turned out to be really true. But you have to find the right fit. Like my answers, my exposure may not be what your institution is looking, looking for, for but, but I know something about is, it. I've this experienced is my experience. It. Yes. I've experienced it. Yes. And there was nothing like the only role that I never really got an opportunity to play at, at um, Central State University was in academic affairs because mm-hmm. I'm not a provost. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm truly a, um, a, I'm truly an administrator. Yeah. Um, that's, yeah. that's just who I am. Mm-hmm. So if you're looking for that, that's who I am. Yeah. Um, so, but every other role, uh, in fact, I've, I've had to, I called my president uh, John Garland, early on in my presidency at Houston Tillerson, to apologize to him. Oh God! Because I used to think he was crazy. And that happened because, often. Yeah, because some of the things would happen, and he would get so upset about it. And I'm thinking in my mind, you know, I'm, I was his executive assistant for a long time, so as his chief of staff, so to speak. I'm thinking it's not that big. Yeah. But then when you get in the seat and you see the whole picture, mm-hmm. it, many things are that big. So I, I tell the cabinet that you have a nice office upstairs, but it's a corner view. <laughs> I have the panoramic view. Uh, and your job is to think about it mm-hmm. from that perspective mm-hmm. because you're looking at it and you should be advocating mm-hmm. for you know, your spot right. and your space. That's why, you, that's why you're that's there. That's why you're there. Mm-hmm. But the panoramic view mm-hmm. is frightening. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful, mm-hmm. but that that thing is frightening <laughs> as well. It can really be right? big. Um, but I but I, I I think it's important to um, h- highlight the fact that when you you want to be in a position when you ultimately get to the space that you that that is your premier destination, mm-hmm. you want to have a fluid conversation mm-hmm. that finds you far removed mm-hmm. from stress or mm-hmm. anything like that. Mm-hmm. I've, I have been the most comfortable mm-hmm. going to talk about the presidency. Because mm-hmm. if this is what you really want to talk right, about, right. This is, I'm... I'm experiencing it, right? I'm, I'm, I've been, I'm ready I've been, for it. I've been at Houston Tillerson 28 years. Right. Use those dog Compared years. Compared to dog years. <laughs> yeah, I'm just trying to tell you, man. That's, and, that's and, very real. And you out there in podcast world know exactly what we're talking about. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so you get the, you've been through the preparation. Mm-hmm. You go through the interview mm-hmm. and your name president. Mm-hmm. I don't want to talk about that moment. I want to talk about the first 
moment you closed the door in your office and you were there alone? Do you remember oh gosh, what yes. that another what that, searing moment? Yeah. Um, I had been there for about maybe six months, maybe half a year. And you start really learning about your institution mm -hmm. um, over time. Mm -hmm. it takes, I'm still learning about Houston Tillerson, the culture, as we move to um, advance the institution. But I had had one of those days where I really saw the university in a very bright light. And I went in my office and I can I have a really good view of Austin, Texas, um, from downtown Austin. Indeed, from, you do. From my office, yes, ma'am. The university you do. sits on top of a hill, mm -hmm. so I can see downtown Austin. Um, just it's a very wonderful, beautiful view. And I looked out there, and in that moment, I had this experience that I'm responsible for this. For all of this. Like. Like the campus, all this, the, what's happening around Houston Tillerson there mm -hmm. in East Austin with all gentrification, of it. Mm -hmm. um, just the whole um, social justice moment. So I, you I were just, I just had that moment. So right it wasn't there. myopic. It wasn't oh, I've gotten the presidency at Houston no. Tillerson. You no, were more like, you were all out in the community thinking. <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> you got responsibilities of the black folk and the brown folk. <laughs> Like I had that moment yeah. of, you know, um, and several things, it was like a culminating moment yeah. that particular day yeah. because the university was not really well known in Austin for the jewel that it was. Mm. I mean, you know, every, every presidency, you, you are handed something mm -hmm. and it's to take the, the institution to another level. Yes. So the administration prior to me had a plateau. Mm -hmm. So I stand on that plateau. That's your my platform. platform, absolutely. And I, I take it to the next level. Absolutely. So, the, so when my when the Burnett administration is behind is is comes to a close, you better have then plateaued. Right. Some I will have plateaued, mm -hmm. and that will be someone else's platform because there's so much opportunity for Houston Tillerson, mm -hmm. and I felt that burden of responsibility yeah. to seize those moments. Um, for for the opportunity in that moment for, yeah. to, to to posture the institution to be able to take advantage of the opportunity of what's happening in Austin so that we can be a part of that prosperous story in Austin Texas and that and that requires a lot of work a lot of commitment a lot of dedication and all of that mm -hmm. requirement when I looked out there it was yeah. like oh my god yeah. this is this is this is really real so I ask every president the same question did you have that uh-oh, <laughs> what do I do now? I had the watch what you pray for because you will get it in some form or the other in the yeah. way that you need it. Yeah, just a um, tinge of, um, was there a tinge of nervousness mm -hmm, that, oh, now mm -hmm. I'm the president, now I've got to do. Right, that's what, you're, you're responsible for yeah. it. You yeah, can't yeah. give it to someone else. You have a board mm -hmm. that's holding you accountable mm -hmm. for mm -hmm. what's happening. And and another thing that I think a lot of people don't recognize is that you are carrying all of that. In your so, shoulders. Uh, every, all in your body, in your <laughs> back, everything, yeah. your knees, Eyeballs. everywhere. everywhere. <laughs> um, so you have to surround yourself with people that are recognizing that and helping you to carry that forward. That's a because wonderful. Because you are holding it account. You're, you're being held accountable for that. That's and a wonderful. And you have to love what you do in yeah. that case. Because if you don't have a passion for what you do in that case, that that's going to be a burden. I think I just said the other day, if you're not all in, get away from it. Right. You can, if you're not helping. If, if you're not all in right. um, the mission of mm -hmm. the institution, get mm -hmm. away from it. Mm -hmm. Excellent segue into, um, so we've, we've established who you are. I know that family means everything mm -hmm. to you. And if anybody follows you on Instagram or Facebook <laughs> or Twitter, they, they mm -hmm. know, or fa Instagram and Facebook, they know um, what your family means to you. Mm -hmm. I know that you are um, a wonderful wife and a proud oh, mother of a mm -hmm. son mm -hmm. and daughter. And you're, mm -hmm. I know that your, your husband is a, a golf fanatic mm -hmm. <laughs> who also happens to be brilliant, mm -hmm. um, a uh, commissioned officer, did some phenomenal things at Morehouse, mm -hmm. um, went into the service as an officer at a time when it probably right. wasn't the, the best time, but is a brilliant CPA mm -hmm. who now is the vice president of finance at the Jackson I Love, State. Jackson yeah. State yeah. University. Yeah. Uh, big up to Darrell. 
Um, but your son and daughter, mm-hmm. um, just briefly. Mm-hmm. I'm very proud of both of them. Mm-hmm. I want to be, um, I want to, my shero hero, I want to be with them when I grow up. Uh, once again, plateau platform. Uh, my children do things that my husband and I would have never thought about. Mm-hmm. My daughter went to Cuba mm-hmm. um, on a whim. And um, my son is a journalist, um, has deep, deep passion for the black college experience, um, almost a connoisseur mm-hmm. of black colleges. And he writes for Education Week, so he uses the power of the pen. He's a school finance expert. Wow. And he um, has been on C-SPAN. When you see your child on C-SPAN as yeah. the expert, oh, he's a unicorn. It's, a very, right, yeah. it's a very moving experience. And my daughter, um, just boundlessly fearless, and she's in New York City. She works um, at Purple PR, which is a large um, events um, management kind of organization. Mm-hmm. And I, mm-hmm. it's a whole, it's a world, like another whole world to itself. And I'm mm-hmm. very proud of her. She plans events like with Diana Ross yeah. um, and the like. And both of my children are very humble people mm-hmm. um, and have really big hearts. They're, they're good people. And I think when your children grow up to be good people, mm-hmm. you feel like you've accomplished something. Well, and, f- you, and when you spend time with them, it's like spending time with your the better part of your adult self. When you well, spend time with your adult children, you know, I, this is you know, my affinity for you and your husband is what it is. Mm-hmm. So can't hide that. But you and your husband are both good people. So you know, well, I'm not surprised at the fruit. <laughs> Thank the tree beareth yeah. uh, good fruit. Uh, I've not had the pleasure of meeting your kids, but you know, I through Instagram, mm-hmm. I've mm-hmm. come to know them. So, I think it's just important to color mm-hmm. us presidents mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. human beings mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, um, people when they see you, they'll know that you are also a loving mother right. and a and a wife as well. In addition to the moniker of, of yeah. a president. Thank you for saying that. No problem. The one thing I want to. Um, lift in that conversation is sometimes as presidents we tend to think we are the presidency Mm -hmm. and you're not you are not you're still human Mm -hmm. you still have a life that you need to maintain that's why i wear my damn fitted cap everywhere (laughs) i go (laughs) really my tennis shoes i'm still my i'm still i have to be true to my authentic self and i think that makes you be a better president it does when you really grasp on it's in fact for me um, in my own life, in the times when I just own my authentic self, yeah. I'm a better leader. Um, I'm just a better person. I think as when opposed you find, to trying to be something that yeah, I'm like fearless, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And when you find fearless leaders, you you find at the very core authenticity, mm-hmm. and that's why it's one of those things that I always talk about um, is. Authenticity is the mother Mm -hmm. of all things great. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And people get a choice as soon as they meet you. You can either rock with this (laughs) or or not. And either way, we're good. You know, but it's what fine. you what you don't have to worry about is schizophrenia yeah. from me. Yeah. No. I, I am <laughs> one I am. way who I am and unapologetic about mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Let's let's transition with that, take that theme into um, the presidency and the day to day operations. Okay. Like that's that's um that's some fun stuff because I, I don't want to talk about the day to day operations. I want to talk about some stuff that that I'm challenged with and, and would like to know how you manage it. For instance, you manage vice presidents. Mm-hmm. Um, you manage, obviously, the campus. The amount of information that comes to you and what is hinging on the information, the decisions that have mm-hmm. to be made, how they impact lives, et cetera, et cetera. How do you know what information is straight laced, mm-hmm. doesn't come with um, motive, right? Because we still deal agenda. with human beings, agenda, mm-hmm. etc. When you're taking in all this information, how do you discern mm-hmm. uh, and make decisions with a lot of information that oftentimes is a diabolical conflict, right? right. The, the, the pieces of information are diabolically right different opposing opposing each other right right. how do you make decisions at that time Mm -hmm. this is um this is the conversation this age-old conversation about whether leaders are made or born Mm -hmm. you know there's this whole philosophy where people say you you can create a leader 
or was uh, someone born to be a leader. I tend to be in the born camp, mm-hmm. um, and I think it's something that's gut sometimes. Intuition. Intuition, and you use the word, it's that spirit of discernment, and mm-hmm. it's, it's biblical. Mm-hmm. It's your spirit of discernment. What we don't, what, what's required is mastering that and knowing when to listen to it and knowing and knowing that you're listening to your true spirit of discernment. I'll give you a, an example. Um, something told me, mm. like while someone is talking to me in my gut, I'm thinking, hmm. But intuitively, I'm thinking, something's not right here. But from a clearly erudite, my brain, my mind, mm-hmm. I'm thinking, well, that's, that has to be right because they're the expert in that area. Absolutely. So I don't listen to my instincts and then go down that path. But once again, something told me I should have listened to my instincts. Mm. We say that a lot, mm-hmm. and that's very, very real. So the challenge is being still because the quieter we become, the more we hear. Boy, you touching on something. So it's like, that so, is so true. Like so all the quieter mess. I become, all the noise. Yes. I just have to get quiet and really then instinctively I will go down that right path. So the, and that has not failed me, but I but I have failed me. Because you allowed the my, distractions right, right, to, to cloud right, your ability exactly. to do what you need to do. Because my instincts always are telling me something. And a lot of the decisions you make, I would imagine, mm-hmm. are driven, all of them, off data, number mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. But two, instinct plays a role mm-hmm. in that as mm-hmm. well, right? Right. And they inform each other. All um, day long. And so, so, so therefore, um, if the data is saying one thing, but your instincts are telling you something else, then you need to explore the data a little more. Mm-hmm. So and, and vice versa, because they complement each other, they inform each other. You know how something is really flowing? Yes. Like it's flowing. And the Makes data's sense. going, your instincts are going, mm-hmm. that's because it's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. When you keep hitting these barriers mm-hmm. or things are not going right, um, the right people aren't coming in and out of the operation, or you make a decision about something and you instantly know that that was not a good decision. So either you regroup at that time. Another thing we don't do well, I think, as leaders is recognizing when you've made a mistake and owning it in that moment and stepping back and saying, you know what, because I'm human. So all my ideas are not good ideas. I tell my um, people I know. Like, that most of my ideas are good, <laughs> oh, good ideas. Right? But Some are bad as hell. Right, right. <laughs> so I, you know what's, what's, what's phenomenal for me is I'm glad I came up under a baby boomer. Mm-hmm. I'm really glad mm-hmm. that my mentors um, were in that space. I learned mm-hmm. how to serve mm-hmm. uh, and be excellent. Mm-hmm. I learned how to serve and be excellent. Mm-hmm. I love that. I'm different from my mentors. Mm-hmm. And so this is going back to what you just said. Like I have went into cabinet meetings with my mind dead set on something only to have my cabinet say no nah, that's that that's not good right and while it may take me 30 minutes to admit it right, in that meeting right, right. i never leave the meeting by taking a vote and say is this what you are nasty too cool i'm not happy about it right i'm like so you think this is the best way for us to go do you think and all it takes is for one of them yeah to have the courage to say, right. Mr. President, that's not the right. best thing for us to do. Right. Right. We see what you want to do. Right. I'm so powered, empowered by my vulnerabilities mm-hmm. with my folks. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. yeah, I'm, you know, my mind was set yeah. here, but okay, I, we're going. I, I kind of hear you. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm kind of listening. Yeah, to you. you um, that's that's another factor of good leadership. Mm-hmm. Um, well, there are two factors there, actually. The one is hiring people who will disagree with you inside the room. <laughs> now, there's one thing to disagree with me outside the room, right? the meeting after the meeting, mm-hmm. but I need loyalty. So I need you to disagree <coughs> with me inside the room. Yeah. Another thing is hiring, having the, it's a skill set to hire people that will be loyal 
and that are experts in their craft Absolutely. or are postured to learn as hungry, thirsty to learn about it. So that's so I, so I, I have like my um, VP COO has been with me a very long time and he will disagree with me, mm-hmm. um, which I he will stretch me into thinking of it a different way because we're different generations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we're going to see something very differently. differently. Yeah. So, but when I when I make a decision, mm-hmm. um, Th- that's not a, the um, right decision. We know that after the decision is made, mm-hmm. he has not. He will not come back to me with the "I told you so." I was smarter than well, you. Well, if he um, wants his paycheck, that's, he probably that's, wouldn't. That's very real. That's very real. <laughs> no, but um, it, it speaks but to it emotional speaks intelligence, to, right? Yeah, yeah. And it also speaks to growth because we both grew in yeah, that yeah, moment. Because yeah. maybe you should have, you know, thought of a different way to pr- present it to me. You, so the 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 one thing I want to really draw tease out of that is that. If I don't, if I make a bad decision mm-hmm. and you've given me all the information, shame on me. That's right. But if I make a bad decision and you didn't give me the information, we got shame on you. Yeah. So I don't want shame on any of mm-hmm. us. So we have to learn how to work together as a team. So yeah, like, nobody, like you, I get attitude in cabinet. I have to admit yeah. when no one's agreeing with me. And sometimes I ha- I'm right. Yeah. They just don't see that panoramic view like we were talking about earlier. And, and a good leader's goal in that instance is to get to share the vision, right. to get them right. there. Because right. at the end of the day, you want to walk out unified. Right. And if... If things are breaking down on your campus, it's because there's no clear communication. Right. And that clear communication could be a derivative of them, the leader not communicating. So it's not always a cabinet. It's not. It's two ways. Um, It's two ways. And, 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 and I think it really important to tease out, Mm -hmm. as you would say, out of this conversation and distill down some takeaways. Like you should know that I want your information, but you should also know when I don't want anymore, right? right? Know when to stop, right? That's the spirit of That's the spirit of discernment. Right. The spirit of the law and the letter of the law. Right. Right. You should also know that I'd, if I'm hiring you mm-hmm. to bring me some information, I need that information. I don't need to think for all of us, you are the subject matter expert. Why do I need you Yeah. If, if I have to think for both of us? We're the cabinet and right. you are not making some decisions that right. stretch right. the institution, stretch right. your, your right. space, then, then we have problems. Right, right. Know that that's your job. Mm-hmm. But I do get it. I, I understand. I, ha- I know some presidents that are like the wicked witch of the East, I think it is. Mm-hmm. Don't bring me no bad news. Right. <laughs> You know, it might be the West is one of those. I wasn't real big on oh, that damn yellow big <laughs> roller. No yeah, don't bring me no bad news. No, I want it. Oh, and I too. want it immediately. And I want it immediately Absolutely. when it happens. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And you want to create this culture, this environment, which is on the leader, mm-hmm. where people feel comfortable to come and give you the bad news. Mm-hmm. Because if you're sitting in a place where people don't want to give you the bad news, and then also filter out what you can fix. That's if right. If you bring me a problem, bring me some proposed solutions. Well, I may not pick your solution, <laughs> but at least it'll stretch me into thinking of what the solutions are. Because that's, what, that's, that's really what teamwork is. And don't sulk. Oh, yeah. If I don't, don't take your idea. information, yeah. if it, it, you know, it may not be congruent with the time yeah, too high and pressure. what needs to be accomplished. Right. But it does not not mean right. that there was value or added. Or I don't respect you. Or, or I don't or respect whatever. you. Right, right. I respect you. The, the monthly reminder that mm-hmm. I respect you <laughs> comes in the form of that them digits hitting that <laughs> bank account, right? Because I'm not going to play with you if I don't. If I don't, you. just right. not doing it. Right, right. Um, what is your hope for the space, the HBCU space? Um, immediate, short term, is that we dive deeply into the value that we bring in the globe and, and it. own it. Mm. Yeah, just dive into it and just own it and wear it proudly. That's my short term, and I see indications of that happening. Mm-hmm. And I would love that to be born out of something that's not a crisis. Yes, you know we have we have these crises in, in our in our in our sector, and then we bond, and we you know we we start telling a different narrative, mm-hmm. or we tell the narrative differently, I should yeah. say. So that's my short term, and I see indications of that happening. I'm very inspired, encouraged by that. Um, the long term is that we continue to stay true to our mission. Because in modern history, 
we're more necessary than ever. And I don't entertain the conversations about, you know, why do we need HBCUs? The fact that you're asking me that question is all, is the all there's the answer right there. Because we're in a place where we still are kind of revolve, evolving and revolving. And it's just what we do, and I, I say this, you've heard me say this before, it's just a powerful thing for me, was we graduate families. Mm-hmm. And we're in a nation where we still have a concept of first generation. Yeah, this morning was the first time that I really yeah. soaked in yeah. that yeah. statement. I've, mm-hmm. I've heard you say it mm-hmm. several mm-hmm. times, but this morning on the mm-hmm. panel, mm-hmm. It was the first time that I really soaked mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. the gravity mm-hmm. of what you said. And so, because, and it came to me when um, it was the morning of commencement, and I was coming on campus, and we had the buses parked out on Chacon um, from Houston and Dallas, and then I saw these people getting off this bus with these T-shirts on, and you know, like I'm, I'm. Um, Joseph's family, um, you know, I'm John's mom. They got the heads um, blown up oh on the sticks. Oh my gosh, yes, and so I realize this is a celebration for a family graduating. Absolutely, this is just not about that it's one person. It's not about that person. Mm-hmm. And um, that came to me that, you know, we're graduating families today. Absolutely. And I call my students the genius generation because they are scholars. And it, make, it made me sad one day when I called one of the young men on my campus a scholar, and he said, Dr. Burnett, no one has ever called me a scholar. Mm. And that just like shook me mm. because we don't pour into them. them. Yes, which is we, our responsibility. Start, that is our responsibility. Goes back to what you said at the beginning. Well, not at the beginning, but at the beginning of this segment, which was, um, us going into the mission mm-hmm. and owning it. Mm-hmm. Our responsibility is to make sure mm-hmm. that every person that walks through the portal, mm-hmm. the front portals of our institutions leave right. with a nasty right. confidence right. that says whatever. Right, it's just what Bring I was saying about my K-12 experience. Right. You, the world is your oyster. What, really is, is. what is our responsibility to the next wave of leadership? To give them lessons learned Mm. and to repeat what I said earlier about you are not the presidency. Mm -hmm. Like, I am not Houston Tillerson University. I am a part of the journey of Mm -hmm. Houston Tillerson University. So it's my responsibility Mm -hmm. that this chapter advances the mission. I'm the current curator. I'm the current curator. I'm the current cheerleader, yes. the current cheer, mm-hmm. uh, curator. I love mm-hmm. that. I'm going to use that. First time I use it, I'll say Herman said it. Second mm-hmm. time I use it, I it's said yours. it. It's right? yours. <laughs> All day long. <laughs> so you don't even have to say my name ever. It's, it was yours. So, so. It came out of my mouth. Yes, right, that's I right. It. It's yours. Um, and that's that's who we are. So 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 what I when I mentor um, individuals that want to grow into the presence. And you have a lot of them. I, I do. And mm-hmm. I, I love mentoring, I think, is just, yes. it's the key. It's, it is your obligation. Mm-hmm. And I learned from my mentees All day long. Um, to help me be a better mm-hmm. leader. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it really is a, um, a two-way, two-way relationship. So I think it's our responsibility to give them lessons learned, mm-hmm. to give them the information. Mm-hmm. That's like I said earlier, what they do with the information is on them. Mm-hmm. But it's my responsibility to give them my experience and to be able to pour into them. Because we, we are all vessels. Yeah. We're all being used yeah. for a, a, a purpose much bigger than us. So it's our responsibility to, do the, to be excellent in that role in that space, recognizing our own humanity. What's your... Um what is your uh, experience with brother and sister presidents? What, like, how um, how has it been seeing how we vibe with each other? Mm-hmm. It, it fuels me. Yeah. Um, when I come to our convenings, whether it be a UNCF meeting or um, United Methodist Church, mm-hmm. um, you know, we have different subgroups. Yeah. Or just even when I see people at like CIC, it fuels me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like it's almost like a family reunion. Yeah, where you go to the family reunion and you see the cousin that you kind of know but you haven't seen, seen since you were minute. little. Yeah, but you relate. You have the same things happening in your space. Don't miss a DNA. beat. You don't because yeah. you know Tony Brown, uh, the journalist, said he saw two brothers passing in the street. 
um, going opposite directions, and they pass, and they both go, what's up, what's up, and nod their heads. Neither one answers because they both know what's up. They already know it's what's up. It's the same thing when I'm with my brother, sister, president. I don't have to explain stuff. It's like, what's up, what's up? We Nobody has to say what it. what is up, right? right? It, so you can I feel it. I just know. Yeah. Um, I know that I know. It's, it's so really cool it's, to it's see still, that we, we champion for one another mm -hmm. and that we – um, there are no rivalries. Mm -hmm, mm -hm. I think we it's don't have time. nobody got nobody time got for time for that. Well, you, right. you're trying to save an institution right. and right. Uh, all the the stuff that goes around with it. Um, having that, it was one of the more refreshing things that mm -hmm. I inherited when um, mm -hmm. when you know inheriting the presidency as well mm -hmm. is this group of brothers and sisters right. that um, right. that are pretty cool. Right. Um, and also um, a sense of. Um, loyalty and dedication to each other's success. Yeah, celebrating like each other. Right, which is, you know, stereotypically, and I put air quotes around that as mm -hmm, well, mm -hmm. is not what you expect of, that's a, something that we say black people don't do. Yeah. But I don't, I don't Antithetical to what people my, right. say we are and right. do. Right. Uh, our, my, I don't experience The that experience at all. has been right. different. Right. right. Um, we're going to, we got to, you know, Couple more minutes left. I want to do some uh, some fast one word uh, responses. Um, get your your thoughts uh, about something. Before I do that, though, you talked about uh, something um, the the relevancy piece. Mm -hmm. I want to take a personal minute to talk about mm -hmm. shit you should know. Uh, I've been hashtagging. Hashtag S-U-S-K. S-U-S-K. I love that, Greg. <laughs> I love that, Greg. I, I do because anybody that knows me knows that my blood well, boils <laughs> when people talk about the relevancy of HBCUs, right? That, that pisses me off. So I was talking to this guy on the airplane, mm -hmm. and he was actually a little more educated than most. Mm -hmm. And it was a wonderful conversation and he had to pull out of me what I did because I, you know, it's going to take you ten questions to find out who I am right. or what I do. Right. Not that I'm hiding you don't anything. Carry it I just around, don't. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, Which is important. Yeah. So the guy, um, in in doing that, he had asked me the question like, "Well, how do you feel about um, the relevancy of these colleges?" I, you know, I read, and 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 he is a CPA with a large firm that does. Um, they have higher uh, mm -hmm. clients, mm -hmm. and so. In, is, is there any truth to the relevancy? I said, well, you know, there are colleges that are dying uh, that are not black colleges mm -hmm. every day. Just look at mm -hmm. HLC's website, mm -hmm. Mid, uh, Mid, mm -hmm. Midwestern, or whatever that uh, conference is, SACS. Many of us are under threat. They are, they're under threat, so right. it's just not one. Right. And then I, after I was reflecting on that conversation, you know, I said, you know, I, I need to do my part. And so I'm going to just start sharing with some folks some shit you should just know. <laughs> just some shit you should know about our schools that to help you, you know, quash this mm -hmm. narrative, mm -hmm. this disgusting narrative. To inform about, you. Uh, that's really all. Right. I'm just trying to help a brother and a sister out. Right. That's it. So right. the more sentinels and surrogates we can have for right. our institution, the better off we'll be. Uh, homecoming. One word. So I'm just going to say homecoming. What are your thoughts? Fun. Um, Graduation. Rewarding. Registration. Eye-opening. Reinvented every time. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's more than one word. <laughs> um, the student experience. Love. Working in the HBCU space. Growth the amount of time you spend working in the HBCU space. Inordinate. <laughs> the need for self-care. Essential. The need for a spiritual relationship. Beyond essential. The need for a circle of friends in the space. <laughs> essential like, I mean you can't do this alone mm -hmm. and when we fly on the airplane they tell you put the mask on yourself first because if you don't have the mask on yourself can't help you can't help else. anybody else the circle of friends outside the space um, grounding like my friends don't care if I'm a president at all at all and I appreciate that 
the importance of self-reflection? Um, developmental. Uh, we, you never stop growing. And when I self-reflect, like I talked about reflecting on my collegiate years and my K-12 experience, that's growing me. Because if I don't reflect on that, I don't understand where, how, how I got to where I am mm -hmm. and why I think the way I think mm -hmm. and why I feel the way I feel. Like we're, we're like right, even right now, I'm going somewhere. God knows the end at the beginning. Mm. And I'm being prepared for something. I was prepared to move to Houston Tillis University to be the president at this time in the university's history. I knew you before so, you were formed. Exactly. And that is very real. And self-reflection affirms that for me. Favorite sports team? Cleveland Browns. Favorite college sports team? Ohio State Buckeyes all day long. And then the, Mara the Marauders and, and then the, the Rams. Yeah. Yeah. Um, favorite uh, sorority? Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. Are there any others? What kind of question is that? I just like to get everybody in trouble. I'm just <laughs> I'm oh, cause a little rocket. What kind of question is that? Uh, favorite fraternity? Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated. I wonder why. I'm married to an alpha. My son's an alpha. My COO is an alpha. <laughs> Nothing you, like you a like, man of alpha. You like Sorry. the first family. <laughs> we get it. We get it. We get it. We appreciate the rough draft, uh, all you five members of Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated. Uh, we do. Um, what a privilege. Um, what an honor. It is always fun. Mm -hmm. And I'm certain before we leave here today, we will, uh, before we leave Atlanta, we will find ourselves uh, podcasting again. But mm -hmm. I want you to close out with just a few thoughts about Houston Tillerson, how you want to leave the space, mm -hmm. and what you believe um, your destiny mm -hmm. is. Mm -hmm. I um, Austin is a uh, very prosperous city right now, and we are. Uh, there was a thing in Austin called the Violet Crown, and we're a jewel in that Violet Crown, and we're turning into this space where the community is recognizing that, and we are pushing partnerships. So my view, my goal, as uh, when people look back over my administration, is that they will have said that. They recognize the African proverb, you can go fast alone, but you go farther together. Mm -hmm. And that the university is going f very far because of the partnerships that we've built. And the beauty of that will be that the partners grew more than the university. As Internal and external. Right, as a, as a result of their experience with Houston Tillerson University. Mm -hmm. um, my students are postured to elevate all kind of entities, profit, for profit, not for profit, um, religious spaces, corporate spaces. Mm -hmm. And my role is to give them that opportunity to make sure that they can have those choices. So we work really, really full circle. Um, the Career Pathways Initiative yeah. is um, funding resources for us to be able to do that. And um, that's my goal as a president, to be able to give my students as many opportunities that they as can possible. choose from global um, studies, traveling internationally, internships in non-traditional spaces. I want to make, open up all those doors that I possibly can. Mm -hmm. And your work right now, our work, is affecting generations that we will never see. Yeah. We will never see. And that's why what we do is so important and not to be taken lightly. This is not a job for me. It's a mission. And I'm, I'm on a mission, and I really see it as um, education is a weapon yeah. against everything that ills society. Mm -hmm. It is the great equalizer, mm -hmm. and I feel very strongly about that. And I have a social justice mission on my campus. Like one of my, one, I think one of mine. This is very odd. I feel like I should put this in my on my LinkedIn profile. Is that the students felt empowered to bring the NAACP back on campus, mm. and that just spoke volumes for me because that means that they're recognizing that this is not a moment Their in history, role. it's Absolutely. a movement. That's right. And they have to be a part of that movement to be able to, to control where their lives are going and use their genius in a very positive way. I think Common said the movement needs the wisdom of the, the, the old folk and the energy of the young folk. Yeah, exactly. You know, so, so that is not like that. a moment. Absolutely. So it's it, so it becomes a movement, mm -hmm. right, right. Mm -hmm. And they and they have um, and also 
my, you know, we stand on the shoulders of our ancestors. Absolutely. Our students, these young people, they stand on our shoulders and they can see so much farther mm -hmm. up there. Mm -hmm. So my goal as the president is for them to be able to really recognize the power in what they see mm -hmm. and the capabilities of what they have, uh, to, just to unleash that generation into society. So that's, that's my goal. And we're in a city where it's a, the land of innovation, the land Absolutely. of entrepreneurialism. So Austin let's is just, a bed of, just catch that wave yeah, yeah. and derive that as far as we can. So, Thank you. Thank you. It's always Thank you. Uh, a pleasure. The, to the sister who has a meaner shoe game, um, <laughs> sneakers that is, uh, than I do. She is, um, is a pretty dope sister. Oh, I appreciate um, your friendship mm -hmm. um, and I appreciate you being a colleague and a sister in the state of Texas. Um, that is, we're neighbors uh, we're, now. We are right. neighbors now. Right. So right. Um, I appreciate you, and I hope you enjoyed uh, being on I did. the podcast. Very much so. It's wonderful. Yeah. Filled my soul. Yes. And we should we should also mention that we just left Houston Tillerson. We, mm -hmm. as in the Higher Education Leadership Foundation, where we had Mo Beta Theta, the Theta cohort, mm -hmm. and a couple of your, mm -hmm. oh, um, two. two of your folks. and. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it's no happenstance that she's here with us. She's one of our favorites. Um, she's also a beast in the space, but she has been a supporter of health mm -hmm. uh, from day mm -hmm. one, too. And we really. Staunch supporter. Yeah, a staunch supporter mm -hmm. um, with words and deeds. Mm -hmm. And so we, we appreciate you, sister. So thank you for coming on to health. Yep. Boom. Boom. <laughs> We're giving fist bumps to each other. <laughs> We're signing out. Thank you uh, very much, Greg, uh, and uh, want to thank you all for listening in. Hope that you will stay tuned. There's some phenomenal, uh, good information coming out. Um, you know, at, at Miles College, we announced uh, the launch of DICON, uh, which is the uh, journal. The Higher Education Leadership uh, is doing a journal on uh, leadership and uh, HBCU leadership. And uh, again, we um, announced our inaugural uh, editor, uh, Dr. Aaron Lynch, who is uh, a phenomenal researcher who is at Tennessee State, uh, but is on the move. Uh, and I don't know if it's public yet, so I won't say where. Um, but we're really excited about the opportunity to also help fill the void uh, in the scholarship space. Um, and uh, there's a big announcement coming with a partnership for HELF coming soon. So peace out, Cub Scouts. <laughs>